Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Not Your Average Joe the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and I'm currently sitting on a queen bed in my San Francisco hotel room because your girl is back on the road. So if there's subpar audio quality for the next few episodes, apologies in advance, but it does mean that I get more inspiration, more interesting dynamic conversations, and overall get to learn how to take this podcast on the road. Wish me luck. Today's episode is on the theme that I love, love, love talking about. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm a huge language learning nerd. I could talk about learning languages for hours. And because this podcast is only an hour long, I decided to invite a good friend of mine in the polyglot space, Ikenna Obi. You kind of get that buzz and you're like, wow, this is like, like it's almost like, am I supposed to be able to do this? Like, this is, this is weird. <laughs> it's always nice to have a skill that people really respect. And I think when, when, when you do get that kind of respect from other people uh, not necessarily because you are beautiful or because you have something that was like inherently you know given to you when you were born but respect out of something that you've cultivated I think it's it's a real kind of confidence booster and I feel like for anyone that's listening you know language learning is the thing to do if you want that confidence booster obviously it might mess with your confidence a little bit in the first six months because it does to everyone but like if you can stick it out and you can actually develop this skill like it is life-changing in all the ways that i mentioned and also it is really uh changing to just your your confidence level it's gonna make you feel feel like like a new person in a way much like me, Ikenna geeks out over language learning. But the main difference between us is that one, he's much younger than me, and two, he's created a career fully off of language learning on YouTube. His channel blew up when he started posting these small little vignettes of him speaking different languages, being a person of color who speaks Japanese, Dutch, Spanish, French, English, he dabbles in Korean, he dabbles in Chinese. So this guy is an all-around badass. And since we're still on the theme of Black History Month, I really wanted to make sure that we talked about all things having to do with language learning, being a person of color learning a language, but then we also talk about the emotional side of it. We talk about the tangible takeaways, how to actually learn languages, and the entire process of honeymoon stage to the big old crash where you lose motivation. This is the kind of episode that's going to finally get you dusting off that high school Spanish. You're going to want to take notes. Kill the intro, sis. You know she's not your average Joe. Not your average Joe. She's not your average Joe. I am so happy to see your face. Every time I see your face <laughs> and speak to you, I'm like, where have you been? I feel like polyglots don't meet each other very often. That's true. That's true. We're busy people. <laughs> so, Akena, first of all, where did your name come from and what is the origin story there? So, 
name is uh, Ikena. Um, like if you wanted to take it with a Nigerian accent, you can go Ikena. <laughs> but basically it's a Nigerian name. Uh, it is Igbo uh, in origin. Igbo is one of the, the major kind of ethnic groups in Nigeria. And uh, meaning wise, it kind of means like power of the father or also roughly translated to like power of God. So having that name, you already knew you were different. <laughs> it's not that I, I grew up in a lot of different places. It's more that um, kind of a lot of people from different places kind of, well, were around me when I grew up. So, for example, my mom is from England. My dad is from Nigeria. That experience was crazy. And of course, I was I was born in, in, in Massachusetts and stayed there for like, I think, two, three years. I don't really remember it too much, but I, I support all the sports teams there. But uh, then I was raised uh, primarily in New York from like the age of like two or three to uh, like 18 years old. And from that point on, I kind of bounced over to Europe. I love the entire journey of your languages because we talked a little bit about this on your podcast that you didn't you didn't like Spanish in school. And yet here you are, one of the most popular polyglots on YouTube on the internet. So from hating Spanish class in middle school and high school, what changed Walk us through the journey of your languages. Ah, oh, the journey. That's always that. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's always fun though to to talk about. Um, yeah. So so journey wise, um, I started off kind of like most Americans. You know, in in high school, I was um just uh, kind of forced to, to study some 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 language. Obvious choice, I think, was Spanish, just because king the kids I hung out uh like mainly predominantly with were, were Spanish-speaking, ton of Spanish speakers in kind of, um, like, uptown New York. Um, and, yeah, so I kind of decided to take Spanish. I thought it was interesting. I don't, I don't know, I don't really remember what the kind of 13-year-old or 12-year-old me thought about languages, but in general, I thought, like, well, I guess it's something that I have to do. But, uh, yeah, eventually, <laughs> eventually just the way that it was taught in schools just did not clash. It didn't, it didn't fit my kind of learning style. And I think this is super, something that's super common. But in general, school did not fit my learning style, let alone languages. I've always been kind of like a autodidact. I love to uh, learn things myself. And I really love to discard things that I don't think are relevant. And obviously in school, you don't really have that option. You have to go with the curriculum. Um, and the way that languages were taught in school was just very, um, what's the word for it? Boring, but bland, but unstructured. And well, actually, perhaps not even unstructured, maybe unstructured in a fun way, but too structured in the sense that, it, too structured and not structured in the right way. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so for example, uh, you know, it just hits you, with the, they, they hit you from like day one with that root uh, vocab kind of memorization uh, and then after that there's the you know the grammar and then there's the tests and there's it's just a whole lot of memorize this and speak kind of um, and get guess these grammar rules correct before you even are actually interested in the language or even like hear it a lot and that is a no-no like it, even if you look at humans like you know you can't expect a baby to to start speaking german or spanish or english before it gets at least four four or five years of you know people talking to it non-stop in, in in its language so yeah spanish in high school just was not for me and i just generally back then i thought languages weren't for me because um 
I don't know. I mean, that was my only reference point that I had at the time. But yeah, I mean, my, my experience with Spanish, I feel like it's quite typical. I feel like most people kind of go through this. It might not have been with Spanish, but typically high school language classes in New York and America as a whole are not... Uh, not the cream of the crop. No, they're not. I know we shared that. We both were kind of rebellious in school and mm -hmm. then something changed, which I know we talked about on your podcast and everybody go listen to the podcast that we recorded. <laughs> you posted a clip of it on YouTube and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait for you to launch the whole thing. There was a shift because then you started watching anime. Was that the mm -hmm. first gateway? And you were genuinely interested in anime and so you started learning Japanese? Yeah, that was that was the gateway drug. So uh, when I was um, maybe even a little bit before that, I always was uh, or I always was a gamer uh, way back when I loved playing like uh, RPGs, like role playing games and all that. And um, basically I had this this um, this team uh, in this game and one of my teammates recommended me to watch like this this anime called Sword Art Online. It was basically a a game, uh, oh, sorry, not a game, but a, an anime where a dude was trapped in a video game. And um, I, I just got hooked on it. It was it was like, like crack to me. I don't know. It was like so just everything about it appealed to whether it be my personality type or my personality back then. It was just, 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 uh, it just enthralled me, uh, whether that be the sound of the language or the concept, the plot, everything. Um, and that's when everything kind of took off. I, uh, from that point on, I, 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 you know, watched, I don't know, hundreds of anime past that. And just, it really just, that was like the vortex into the language. Um, and funnily enough, I actually rewatched that show again, um, I think uh, maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, and it's really cool because the first time, and I don't know, this is like a little side tangent that I'm really proud of, but the first time I watched it, didn't understand any Japanese. It was not even a single word. It was the thing that got me into it. And then, uh, you know, 10 years later, basically, like I think what, it was like three weeks ago, I watched it again and I can understand essentially everything uh, with like Japanese subtitles. And it was like, it was a really trippy experience, but I was like, whoa. But anyways, that's my uh, that's my intro into Japanese and, and languages as a as, as a whole. So you went or like straight into the deep end. You went from kiddie pool mm. Spanish in school to hardcore Japanese. We're talking characters. We're talking sounds we've never heard, mm -hmm. tones we've never used, and then that just opened the can of worms that became. Russian that became <laughs> how many languages and I know that we don't like answering this because it's never just one answer but how mm. many languages would you say that you do speak and feel comfortable in right now comfortable I would probably say three I would say English French Japanese give me a week or two I'd be comfortable in Spanish again uh, I was like too comfortable in it after by the time I like finished kind of learning it or doing my kind of Spanish challenge. Uh, so those four languages and then definitely my Chinese and my my Russian, very rusty, very, very rusty to the point where I don't even want to touch them anymore because they're so rusty, but I'm going to soon. Let's see, I'm currently learning German, but it's like really a, a beginner language um, so far. And what's the other language? Dutch, I used to be really good at. I lived in the Netherlands for four years um, and 
I mean, I, I, I was good enough to go to school in that language, uh, like in university full time, which uh, normally should have been fine, but I was studying like music theory. And basically I was learning the language of music through a language that I didn't really know that well. That was like intermediate. And that was... Because music is its own. That was impossible. <laughs> that, I, do not I do not recommend that. But yeah, I would say roughly that's kind of my, my, my strengths. My Dutch used to be, uh, I think, my best language aside from obviously English, but now it's kind of downgraded. But it's starting to come back weirdly through studying German because they're quite linked. But hopefully, uh, hopefully I can kind of revive it uh, in, in, in the future. I love the honesty, and I agree 100%. You can't be fluent in all languages all the time, mm. which is why I always joke when people are like, Joe, how many languages do you speak? And my immediate reaction is like, on a good day? or <laughs> Because it also depends on so many Did things. Did I get good sleep? <laughs> Did I get good sleep? Am I eating well? Am I working out? Am I reading? Not just things yeah. in the language. Because when you learn a language, I would love to hear your process and I know you're developing mm. a super dope app that I can't wait to know more about. But what is your process? Because mine is very holistic. Like it is not take a 30 minute class and close close everything down. It's like I need to translate my life in that language for it to actually mm. stick. What's your process? My process is, is the same. Uh, I think it's quite, quite holistic. I used to kind of be very kind of prescriptive, like, okay, do this program and then I when I'm done with that program I've, I'll do another program and then after that I'll do another program and I'll also at the same all simultaneously I'll watch TV like kind of like every every day or two um, now it's much more kind of go with the flow so basically if you took a look at like an average day for me last week like for example I woke up usually like my mornings and also like lunchtime, I will spend on the language that I'm currently learning, which is German. And at nighttime, I will basically like watch content for an hour in whatever like the active language is for that day. And maybe if I have the energy, I'll also go in VR chat, try to practice my languages. But basically how that looks like is like I wake up first thing in the morning after I check Instagram and Reddit and all that stuff. But <laughs> first thing in the morning, um, I like will open a manga or like a comic book. And now this comic book, for example, this webtoon I'm, I'm, I'm reading is in it's a Korean. It's, a, it's from Korea, but they've like they've subtitled it in German. So this is for my German practice. I find that comic books are super, super helpful or webtoons, whatever you want to call them, super helpful because in, in terms of getting kind of comprehensible input, because I can read the, the blurb that pops up, the caption that pops up and I can be like, huh, okay, I know that word. I know this one. I kind of understand the meaning, but then I look at the picture and say, oh, okay, that's what they're saying. So I will usually spend like an hour on that. And then at lunchtime, I'll typically just watch an anime or try to watch something in German, you know, if I'm really trying to trying to be dedicated. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but sometimes it does. And then at nighttime, like I said, like Monday will be for a specific language. Tuesday will be for another language. Wednesday will be for another language. So whatever, you know, day of the week it is, I'll kind of watch like some like an hour worth of content in that uh kind of the corresponding language for example like i don't know let's say wednesday is chinese day i'll, I'll watch some stuff in chinese aside from that like that's like my daily routine i'm starting this new thing on fridays where basically i i have um an italki tutor lesson uh which is weird because i i i'm too much of an introvert to do it every day and this is something i kind of learned through trial and error i used to do it every single day like when i was like really into learning a new language i got super hyped i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take five I took the italki lessons in five days and just it didn't mesh with my personality I don't have a personality where I can do that so now I've kind of 
relegated the the social time to uh, basically one hour, one hour or two hours on on on, on Friday. Um, and again, like whenever I feel like it, I'll hop into VR chat, but um, that's kind of like a new thing. So we're going to kick off these Not Your Average Joe takeaways with not one tip, but two. Designating days for things is a major hack. If you follow my newsletter, you might have read that I started doing this for content. So I basically have blocked off Mondays and Tuesdays for video editing only. Wednesdays is my meeting days. Thursdays and Fridays are for content as well. And I really do break it down based on what my day theme is. And the way that I can have made it seem is that concept works for languages too. I guess it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you have a lot on your plate, you need to find a better way to chew it. And swallowing it with days, well, I don't know why, I think I'm hungry. Swallowing it in bite-sized chunks by tackling every day in a new language makes it more manageable. And the second night your average Joe takeaway for the day is know your personality type and mold your learning based on that. Just because you see somebody else having success in a certain way doesn't mean that it's going to translate. The only way that you're really going to find out though is through trial and error. So maybe you do want to schedule back to back to back to back to back lessons only to realize that maybe that's not your thing or maybe it is. You'll never know until you try it. What we're seeing and this is like I know this you know this but it's never one size fits all. What do you think your answer is for people? Because they ask me this all the time and I know they ask you. Akana, how do I learn a language? It's like, what do you <laughs> say to that? Because, you know, I always say it depends on your personality. It depends what you're into. Mm -hmm. It depends. Like the way you you talked about comic books, I had never thought about using comic books. But funny enough, yesterday my mom brought comic books for my nephew who's 10 years old back from Brazil because he's learning mm -hmm. Portuguese and he loved it. And when I saw that, I'm like, shoot, there I got to go. get my hand on that. Not that I need to learn Portuguese, but the concept <laughs> is like when I'm in Greece, I buy children's books, right? Mm. For the same reason where it's like small text, there's a picture. Yeah. So what is your answer when someone's like, how do I learn a language? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, my default kind of answer is that the first thing that you need to do is you need to find a good TV show to watch and a few music artists that you like in that target language because the actual mechanics of how you go about learning a language, I mean, you can, I mean, they're subject to change, honestly. Like, you'll find what you kind of like after given enough months, whether that be like using apps like Duolingo or whether that be writing, jotting down some words you notice in, in TV. The most important thing, though, is to kind of uh, find a source of motivation. And I kind of alluded to this with my Japanese experience, but like I would have not learned Japanese this one just put a Japanese textbook in front of me and was like, hey, like, you know, have at it. I'd be like, no. But the second I watched that show, I was like, I had this kind of irresistible urge to, to, to learn it. And no matter what anyone said, they, they couldn't deter me. I think the biggest thing is to watch a TV show where you think the main characters are so... And it, obviously a TV show in your target language, the language that you're going for. And you're like, oh, where you find like the, the main characters to be so cool and you want to be like them. And just the, the culture is really captivating and thralling. And, you know, maybe there's multiple seasons. I mean, Netflix is great with this now. Even if you can't find a TV show you'd like, you know, that is like from a different country, maybe you can find it like, you know, an American TV show with like, I don't know, Spanish dub or you know, anything like that. So I think that's the biggest thing, just 
finding a TV show that you really, really like and finding some music artists as well that you really like, music is super important, um, can act as a source of motivation. And then from there, the general kind of general way that I go about it is I will learn like the most common It'll be 500 or 1,000 words. And I won't learn them all in one day or something. I'll learn like five a day. Very like manageable. I'll put them into like a flashcard program so I don't forget them. Uh, I'll review them, you know, a few minutes every day. And um, and then after that, um, like, and you know, alongside kind of watching TV and all that, eventually you kind of get to the point where you know a 1,000 words and you know some, some words from TV shows. And then it becomes a m- lot more fun because you're already interacting with real content as opposed to just going through a course. But I always re- recommend going through a normal course as well, whether that be like Pimsleur or Asimil or <clears throat> Language Transfer. Um, at the same time, when you're trying to like build up that list of like common words and, and, and build up your vocabulary, just because that having that structure is uh, is quite good. But that's that's basically what I would recommend. I think more so than the specifics, just having that constant source of motivation is the most important thing. When there's a will, there's a way, you know. Amen, brother. Now your average joke, tip number three. Motivation is everything, whether you're talking about languages or not. Let's keep it real. Most people start learning languages for fun or because it's sexy to say that they speak French. But then it turns out that doing something for fun and fun alone isn't enough of a motivator because come to week eight, yo booty's gonna be running from those classes. Then there's the obvious way where you can learn a language. If you're dating someone, if you fall in love and they speak a new language, or if you've decided to move to a new country where the language is not the same and there's actual incentive and reward as you're learning it. But if you're like me right now that you can't really travel abroad or you're just not in the place where the language is spoken, you have to get a little creative, which is when you have to start designing this need for you to speak the language. And what Akena's talking about is exactly that. Making your Netflix watch list be completely multilingual or listening to music that's never the same language. I always say that in order to learn you have to immerse yourself and that does not mean getting on a plane it just means translating everything that you do in that new language if you love scrolling on tiktok look for people who make content in that language because maybe you might not understand it right away but once you couple it with a few hours of studying a few hours of revision three weeks in you're gonna be picking up words and maybe even understanding the entire tiktok And if you can understand a TikTok, you're one step closer to fluency. I really could talk about this for the rest of my life, so I probably will. After the break, we talk about the tangible tools and resources that we actually use to learn languages. We also touch on the fact that we're both people of color and we're pulling up to these countries, speaking their language where they probably have never seen somebody that looks like us before. And then we made sure to touch on all of the ways that learning a language will literally, truly a million percent change your life if you just stick through it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Let's talk about being a person of color. You're a man living in New York. You're into anime. And all of a sudden, you're into Japanese, a language where I, I really haven't seen many black people learning Japanese. When I started Japanese, I was only 15. So I'm not sure how much that played into my psyche, kind of like, like but I, well... It did, and it, did, it didn't. It didn't in, in the way that we're, I don't, I don't think I was really worried about Japanese people not accepting me, although I could be wrong. Maybe I was back then. I don't really remember. Um, but I think what I was kind of um, wanting was that kind of, um, that ability to be black and also say that, oh, yeah, I, I speak Japanese, just as like almost like a combo breaker and someone's I don't know if you know the, the terminology of a combo breaker, but basically in a fighting game when someone is like punching you and punching you and punching and punching you, you have one move that can kind of you know shatter stop their, their punches. Shatter yeah, exactly. So Amazing. in my in in my um in kind of from my perspective, that kind of punches and punches and punches is kind of someone's preconception of you. And having that combo breaker is something that can kind of instantly you know shatter their preconceived notions so whether that be like oh okay this person you know he's a black person whatever and whatever assumptions that come with that will come with that all of a sudden when you say okay yeah but i can speak japanese or i can speak chinese and and you know and or i can speak french and you're not you're not fibbing you're not lying or anything like people actually like it just it breaks their brain sometimes um and it makes them see you instantly in a different light which is always which is always nice uh because obviously in america you know it's it's uh you know there's a lot of negative uh stereotypes and all that i love what you're saying the combo breaker it's a real thing we mm -hmm. talked about this on your podcast too but for the purpose of this conversation, you know, I think it's super important to say that when we walk into a room, we involuntarily, you know, without consciously doing it, we're, we're, we're basically representatives for people mm -hmm. of color. So it's like how many black men have walked into a room and started speaking Japanese fluently that are American and go. that have no there reason to be speaking. And the same thing goes for me of like learning Greek where it's like, I'm a Brazilian American learning Greek. What? Like that's a combo breaker. And I think that's so dope mm. while, Definitely. you know, we could be put in this box of whatever the racist or racial confines are of those cultures. The minute you speak the language, you're combo breaking. Yeah, that's 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 the uh, nice part about it, and I think uh, I, I could really see this in the faces of of Japanese people, especially Russians. When I started learning Russian, like it really, like would sh just just blow their mind, um, even more than Japanese. I don't know, maybe because me, I am black, but I'm mixed, and I have like. Uh, more sometimes people have mistaken me for like being half Asian or anything like that. So maybe the the surprise effect is kind of reduced slightly. Uh, but for Russian, they definitely do not think I can speak Russian. And, and uh, surprise, but, uh, Privet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That always uh, was a, a very kind of fun experience um, in general. Yeah. It's super dope. I, I love polyglot brains. I actually have a contact. She's a PhD student at MIT okay. and she does brain scans. And I want you to connect with her because I can't get an, an MRI because I have a bullet in me. <laughs> Shocker. But oh. they can scan your brain and see what happens in your actual 
like in the tissues of your brain as you're speaking multiple languages. And what they found from her mm. research, but she's always look she's looking for more polyglot brains, so I'm going to connect you to. <laughs> what they found is that polyglots have this ability to kind of work efficiently. Their brains just work a little bit more efficiently. So you're capturing mm. less information but more critical information, so you get to understand like our filtering systems for understanding information, it works faster, which I'm like, oh my God, I love the nerdy stuff That's really when it comes to that. It make, when you say that, it makes me want to learn languages. I don't know. I'm really? Like, oh, hmm, I haven't done my, my study today. Shit, I need to get going. But uh, that's really interesting. To that thought, what keeps you motivated? Are you around other people who study languages? Is it just finding new new interests, new shows? Like what made um, you want to study Japanese, Russian, Korean, French? Like that's crazy. That is, uh, I mean, it wasn't kind of, I, I am a fan of having master plans, but that was not planned out. It was kind of one after the other after the other. So I would learn Japanese and then I, would, I, I did a homestay in Japan and then I met someone who spoke Russian and uh, was inspired to learn Russian. And then from that point on, I didn't want to spend $60,000 a year on, on college in America. So then I cashed in on my EU citizenship because my mom is Irish and uh, went to Netherlands to study for like 2K instead. And then when I was in Netherlands, well, before I went, I was like, OK, I need to learn Dutch, of course. Um, how can I, how dare, how dare my, how, how dare I let myself go to a country without speaking, you know, a language, especially if you're moving there. Like the dominoes just keep on falling, so to speak. Like, you know, in the Dutch university, I found someone who could speak French. And then, you know, after that, because I already spoke one Japanese, one Asian language, I wanted to speak another and then Chinese happened. So it kind of, yeah, there wasn't really a master plan. It just kind of, uh, you know, one thing led to another in, in, in a bizarre way. But um, in terms of motivation, um, hmm, I have like a solid number of languages that I kind of want to get to before I can give myself like a like a decade of like break and kind of refinement and stuff. Basically, I, I want to get to 11 languages. A hyper polyglot, I think it's 12 or more. <laughs> I've heard 11 or more, but I, oh, I, I can always... Oh, and that's why it's 11. <laughs> Let me Google Perhaps. it. <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard anywhere between 10 to 11 to 12. So, I mean, if I'm not there, it's okay. But I think there's a limit to how much I can kind of uh, maintain, um, like actively. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, how much space do we have in our brains? Like, truly, the storage... I always look at our brains mm. as a computer and it's like the hard drive gets full up there. You know, like today I was taking a Greek lesson mm -hmm. on Preply. So I love both Preply and italki. They're both similar platforms. They're connecting you to local teachers gotcha. and speakers. And so I used italki for Arabic, mm -hmm. for Egyptian Arabic. And then today in my Greek class, I started speaking Greek, but then I, I like really wanted to answer in Arabic. And I'm like, <laughs> shit, like, no, stop. And it's because in that setting, my brain is trained to speak Arabic. So that's also an interesting thing, too, that, like, if you establish these behaviors, your mind, I think our minds are very smart, but they're also very, like, outdated in a yeah. way. And when it comes to language learning, we have to trick, trick them to, like, clean the storage space, update the hardware. What is yeah, your I mean, outlook for me, on that? I've definitely noticed that there is kind of, like, the, the hard limit of how many languages I can kind of like actively maintain um so i feel like 11 aside from like you know uh being i just feel like it's a good number and also uh 
perhaps hyperpolyglot status, which would be nice, but it's not necessary. Um, I think the reason why I'm shooting that for that is because I can, I already speak English, so that's one language down. Uh, I can speak French all day with my girlfriend, so that's another language down. Spanish, I feel like I could probably speak with my employees, uh, so that's another language down. So in terms of like the ones that I would have to kind of actively manage, it'd be like, uh, what is that, three, so, so essentially eight um, and then no there's deal. other there's lang- <laughs> like has a lot of languages. <laughs> but then there's also the uh, one of the languages I want to learn is Igbo, which is like a family lan- language that I would speak with my family and Dutch. I'm not really going to have the opportunity to go there that much anymore. But my my sister uh, is married to a Dutch guy, and their kid speaks uh, well. Essentially, my nephew speaks Dutch as well. So both of those languages are like family languages where I can like let them not be like super flashy or super good like they can just be you know or average or okay but the other languages then essentially the six remaining that is like equivalent to like one day a week minus like 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 i don't know sunday to give myself a break so that's what i was like okay i think that's the limit and then my my like long-term goal was like okay if i can get these 11 languages like down somewhat by the time i'm like i don't know like i don't know in like two years then maybe I'll be like 27 years old and I can spend the time from 27 to 30, like really like making sure that mastering them, making sure that I can use them in business. And then like from the time of 30 to 40, like perfecting them. And then Mm -hmm. I will give myself the privilege to, to learn more. (laughs) Then he'll be like another 11. Let's do it. It's insane. I've, I've thought about it, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the the there's like that kind of limit. Like if I can get to that point where like maybe like, you know, I, I spend 10 years just really perfecting the stuff I already know, then I think I have the free space to to learn another few. But in terms of why I just love it, I don't know. It's like I've always been kind of into puzzles um, and I feel like language learning is a puzzle and you just like it the more that you do it and uh, you get better at it the more that you do it. And my career is kind of wrapped up in it as well. So I would love to serve as a good role model for the people who work for me in the future or even just for my for my YouTube audience that like, wow, okay, it's possible, one, but two, like, you know, uh, he can walk the walk as well. Like, it's not like... I, I don't know, no shade to any language learning, big language learning company. But like when I see that you have a language learning company, but the founders like have not really taught themselves a language. I'm like, I'm like, get dommage. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like I have this fitness studio, but I, but I like, you know, I gas out like one, one minute into a treadmill. It's like, uh, do I trust you or not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I want to note too, it's one, you're super young. And two, I remember the first conversation that we had that you were working on Mm -hmm. content. You didn't know what you wanted and you dabbled in a few different things until you finally narrowed in on language. Exactly. And then you two became your career and then you started killing it, made a course, made another course, Mm -hmm. sold ebooks, and then started funding your own language app, which is so amazing like all of that is a testament to not only the internet but like your personal passion to commit and dedicate yourself to something so you turned your career into this language wrapped up thing Mm. like the way you mentioned it's like oh yeah my career is wrapped up in language no you made a career out of language Mm. learning which is super inspirational yeah that's that's uh 
Now, I told you initially that I was a fan of master plans. Now, languages were not a master plan. That I kind of fell into. But like everything else that kind of followed was... So, for example, um, when I was maybe around 15, again, like being a gamer that I was, when I was around 15 years old, I think I served as like the head of marketing for like this startup. I was unpaid, though, so I don't know how much of a head of marketing that was. But um, basically, there was this startup was kind of wanting to be like the Facebook for gamers like like almost like kind of like discord but like almost like a mixture of discord and Facebook but like gaming oriented um and it had a lot of potential and um so I joined I joined the team and I uh basically my job all day was to reach out to YouTubers and get them to advertise uh our website when we had no marketing budget so essentially for free so like for goodies or like oh we'll give you a place on the website or whatnot so through that experience, I saw so many YouTubers that, you know, I reached out to them at 10,000 subscribers, 50,000 subscribers. Two months, five months, one year later, they were at 100,000, 300,000. I was like, so you're just telling me you just need to get to 30,000 subscribers. And after that, the ball's already kind of moving and you're, you should be good theoretically if you, if you work hard. So then I figured like, okay, then I, I should be able to do that. Um, so I think once I had that realization was the time I kind of dropped out of university. I was like, you know what, if I give four years or I think in Netherlands it's three, but if I give myself three or four years to a university, I don't really, I mean, so many people, they go there, they come out, the degree doesn't really help. So I'm like, Hmm, in terms of practical value, if I dedicate my three, these university years to, you know, becoming as big as I can on YouTube and obviously perfecting my language skills, then that would be, I feel like a much better use of my time. And, you know, I, I, I just, so I just, I dropped out of university and I went for it. And, um, again, I had that confidence that like, okay, if I can get somehow, you know, fighting kind of tooth and nail, if I can get to 10, 20, 30,000 subscribers, then the rest should kind of follow. Then, then, uh, then yeah, then, I should be able to to pull it off. And then then I I did that and from that point on, eventually I think after thirty, forty thousand followers, um, I thought about, hmm, well, I have a lot of things I want to share. How about an ebook? And I was like, ah, I don't know if people are gonna buy it. I don't know if, you know, if I even have much to say. But I ended up writing a book that was around, I think, eighty to hundred pages, very kind of condensed and practical. And I sold that on my YouTube channel, uh, basically to help um like speed up the language learning of of people who watch my channel so they don't have to go through the like the five years that I did kind of floundering around um, not being able to learn properly so I did that and it sold uh, surprisingly well and then from that point on I you know was able to have money to to fund a you know a language learning app that that happened you know a few years later so that's uh that's kind of how the, everything worked uh, business-wise is it just me or do we see a trend in these night average real takeaways the man took a free job, learned something, and applied it to build a career of his dreams by being his own boss, doing something that no one else has really done before. Takeaway number four today is all about paddling out to the wave before you even see the wave coming, actioning things in your life, training before you even get the role to train for, because then when the wave comes, you'll be ready to get up on that board and ride it, honey. I'm always team internet for this reason. It's so dope that you can have an interest <laughs> today. And like you had the foresight to say, okay, these guys are making tons of money. 
and they're mm-hmm. growing exponentially and they're in their own, you know, niche lanes. I can do this too, but it's also so amazing that we can be polyglots or linguists or whatever and have a career that's not being a translator because that was the only career when I was growing up exactly. that they said I could have or True. working at the United Nations or, you know, Basically, it was translator or translator in the UN was like the highest point that you could achieve. Or, or CIA uh, spy or something. I still want to <laughs> be that. I'm like, damn, we put me in the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's really cool that we, you know, I haven't made a career yeah. fully on languages. I I definitely have that as a part of my DNA. But you really buckled down and you were like, this is my lane. I'm going to go for it. And it's become your career. And you're super young. So kudos to you i'm like just sitting here so excited to see what happens in the next few years because i'm a supporter <laughs> so when somebody asks you what about two languages mm-hmm. or more how do you juggle that question two languages or more uh, typically i always recommend someone to learn one language if they one language at a time if they are starting from scratch um, however you can learn multiple languages if they are not from scratch so for example um Obviously, I'm like, you know, I'm still learning all of my languages at the same time as learning a new one. But all of them, I got to an intermediate level. Hence, like I'm allowed to let them sit. Uh, If I got something to like a beginner level and I let it sit, it's going to wash away really quick. So basically, uh, the way that I usually explain this is like you have learning a language is like building a castle. Um, And it's okay to build a new castle when you already have one that already exists and all the foundation is done the structure is already done all you need to do is kind of tweak and make additions to the existing castle that you have however if you're going to build two castles at the same time it's going to be very hard because when you're building one the other one is you know succumbing to the weather elements and it's not doing well and then when you focus on the other one because that one is not doing well then the other one that you switch the focus off from starts doing badly it's just it's hard to juggle the plates i typically tell people like I understand, like, you could be super hyped too, but it's probably not the best idea unless maybe the languages are super close to each other. I mean, that presents its own problems, but at least, like, you know, you learning one thing in one language might translate over to the other, which is nice. Um, but aside from that, like, that's my general kind of recommendation. And if anyone wants to ignore that, I would say, like, at least prepare to have, like, like I don't know, to spend one hour a day on each language. You have to really know what your level of discipline is you know it might be fun to do that you know week one but week you know 32 are you still doing that because if you if you aren't by week 32 when you exit the honeymoon if you if you are by week 32 then then i would advise just go with one do it for i don't know however long it takes you to to, to get to an intermediate level, then you can start a new the one. The stages of learning languages, this is very psychological and emotionally driven. Mm. Like when you're not feeling good, language learning is probably not it. For me, it's actually the opposite. If I'm depressed, I love learning languages because really? it pulls me out of my funk. Mm-hmm. That's why I started learning Egyptian Arabic. I was not in a good mental place. Wow. Like I was just figuring everything out. I was going through hardcore transitions of like everything that I had known, who I was, what my values were Mm. and the only thing that I could think to do to save myself in that moment because we couldn't travel we couldn't leave the house because it was pandemic times was learning languages Mm. that's when I started learning Egyptian Arabic but emotionally speaking like how does having these languages in your life affect you does it make you 
more energized? Is it intense because you have this goal of 11 languages? Talk about the emotional side of it a little bit. Got you. So feeling wise, um, like it, it's amazing feeling the first, you know, week, two weeks, three weeks, five weeks, even, you know, eight weeks or so. Uh, after that, you do have kind of a bit of a crash where like, you know, the enthusiasm dies down. Um, I think the reason why this question was a little bit in, initially hard for me to answer is because I feel like I've done it so much that I know exactly what to expect. So like my emotional state doesn't change too much. It's kind of like when you can kind of zoom out of your body and be like, okay, you know, week one through eight, I'm going to be super hyped, but then it's going to die down, you know, and I'm going to like want to ignore it for a while, but then I'm going to get back into it. Like I've ridden the, the roller coaster so many times that I, you know, I know exactly. I, I guess that's kind of how, how you look at it. It's like the first time you ride, I don't know, King Dakar and, 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 and Six Flags or like crazy roller coasters, like, whoa, everything is like heightened emotionally. But if you did it eight times, you're like, eh, you know, it's still like exciting, but it's, you know, you're, you know where all the, the twists and turns are, so to speak. So um, I, I would say that's kind of where I'm at emotionally now. It's taken a while to kind of get there, but definitely initial, initial state, um, like initially, like I was kind of wrought with a lot of different doubts. I was um, wondering if I was even possible to do it, if I was smart enough, uh, just a lot of different things. But I think generally, like the path is always the same for me. Like, regardless of the language the first like two months I'm super super hype happy super like excited and pumps then after that you know it kind of weans off and then you know eventually I get my my passion back and then it kind of balances off at like a nice respectable level <laughs> and it doesn't fluctuate too much but definitely the the first uh I, f I would say six months of a new language is a wild ride it is, it is. I 100% agree that the like the hype factor in the beginning, you're like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life like, in this one specific language. Yeah. And then week eight, you're like, I'm going to cancel my entire package. I can't get up. Mm. I'm done. There's so much emotion that goes into it, especially if it's like a different sort of language. Like for me, for Latin languages, it's all pretty standard. I feel neutral emotionally mm. i'm still super excited when i speak italian to an italian that i haven't met yet and it's like a beautiful moment or french or whatever but when i first started learning egyptian arabic it was this shock factor because it was different and then when i started learning greek it was another shock factor because um. it was so different but i think the more different you get the more normal it mm. becomes like now i'm not as intimidated by a language that's completely different because with Arabic and Greek, it's like trained mm -hmm. me. It's true. You get a little bit neutralized, like desensitized, I guess is the word. Yeah. It, it's just, you, you, you get, uh, like anything, you kind of get, you get used to it. It still doesn't change the fact that language learning is dope. Of course. Uh, so I guess the final, the final question that I have for you is, it's a two-part question. How would you say language learning and speaking these languages has changed your life? And then the last part of it is how could that apply to anybody out there trying to learn languages right now? Life change. I mean, it's really changed my life in almost every way. Dating wise, uh, I met my girlfriend now uh, because I was able to speak French. Um, university wise, I was able to connect a lot better with Dutch people, even though they can always speak English. It's like you would have been really left out if you didn't speak Dutch. Uh, and I was able to kind of blend in with the international students and with the Dutch students, which was really nice. Career-wise, obviously, you know, I have a whole career about around that kind of revolves around language learning and kind of one business already and another business that's kind of on, on the way. So 
uh, career-wise has really changed a lot. And I think confidence as well is the biggest thing. Like confidence and self-satisfaction, like every single time I'm done, you know, reading an hour worth of German or, you know, read, watching an anime and only using Japanese subtitles. Like I'm just, you kind of get that buzz and you're like, wow, this is like... Like, it's almost like, am I supposed to be able to do this? Like, this is, this is weird <laughs> when you kind of take a, take, when you z like zoom out a little bit. But aside from that, like the confidence that you develop similar to like going to the gym day in and day out, day in and day out, it's just like, okay, if I make, if I put an effort, progress will come. If I make, if I put in an effort, progress will come, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, after a few, a few years or, or even several years in this case now 10 years I think I've been learning languages it's just like yeah I mean it's always nice to have a skill that people really respect and I think when 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 you do get that kind of respect from other people uh, not necessarily because you are beautiful or because you have something that was like inherently you know given to you when you were born but respect out of something that you've cultivated I think it's it's a real kind of confidence booster and I feel like for anyone that's listening you know language learning is the thing to do if you want that confidence booster. Obviously, it might mess with your confidence a little bit in the first six months because it does to everyone. But like, if you can stick it out and you can actually develop this skill, like, it is it is life changing in all the ways that I mentioned, and also it is really uh, changing to just your your confidence level. It's gonna make you feel feel like like a new person in a way, you know, with a native speaker in their uh, with a native uh, speaker in their in their target language as well. It's like wow kind of actually am a new person. It's, it's bizarre, but yeah. This is something that I really need to get off my chest. Now your average Joe, tip number five, language learning and learning in general is really not something specifically for bookworms. I was pulling up in French class with my mini skirts, getting yelled at by the teacher. Clearly, I was still capable of being a good student, but if you're only thinking about the way you learned in school, odds are you weren't very happy learning in the ways that you were taught. My favorite part about being an adult is rediscovering better ways to learn things because then the opportunities to learn things are limitless. When it comes to languages, I always like to remind people that what we're talking about is a tool to communicate. Communicating is the best part about being a human being. So when you really boil down all of those grammar terms and the vocabulary, what you're really doing is learning how to better communicate with humans. And when you learn that language, you're not only able to communicate better to people, you're uncovering layers of yourself you wouldn't have had otherwise, which then means that you're living multiple lives. And if that doesn't make you want to pick up a book or schedule a language class, honey, I don't know what will. I know. We talked about that, too, on, on your episode, where it's like you get to basically reinvent yourself time and time again because... You're thinking with a different structure. Your your sentences are not formed in the same way. The expressions you have access to are different. So then you really do become an entirely new version of yourself that you would have never had met had you not learned that language. And to me, that's the high that I get. That's like that is my motivation. I think it's it's like you get to live more life mm. because you get to communicate more Definitely. with different people that you would have never had access to without this language. Yeah, you've unlocked uh, unlocked some exclusive content, <laughs> basically. Like, uh, <laughs> Truly, it's so true. There you go. A new level. It's like a video game level that, that like no one else that you're playing with has. Exactly. Unless they put in the time. I love what you said about a cultivated skill. Mm. I 100% agree. If someone compliments me for anything that I didn't have to work for, I'm not satisfied. I'm like, 
thanks, cool. Like, <laughs> you think I'm pretty? I have nice hair. Thank my mom and dad. Yeah. But you want to talk about my language skills? Like, then mm. let's have a conversation. Because it's not just something that you, sure, you can naturally be good at it, but you really do need to practice. Like, I was naturally good at French, mm -hmm. but it didn't make me f speak fluently. Exactly. Same thing for you, I'm sure. It's like there's so much work that goes into it. Yeah, it's it's really uh, speaking, especially maybe not listening. I mean, uh, listening, yes. Maybe not reading. Reading is kind of like I feel like there's one thing that you can kind of stop and start whenever you want to. It'd probably be reading in a language as long as it's not like Chin Japanese or Chinese, because then then yeah it does take a lot of effort but like speaking definitely is a skill of itself like i don't care how good your reading skills are your listening skills are if you don't speak or you haven't spoken for a year two years or two months it it really gets rusty really quick and i'm experiencing that right now with um my chinese and my russian pri primarily it's uh it's uh it's always like a process that you you have to kind of maintain otherwise you you lose it a little bit not completely but but definitely uh somewhat it goes in hibernation yeah uh okay well i've already stolen so much of your time <laughs> but the thing that we do here is a tradition okay. if you were to give someone advice to be a not so average joe what would it be hmm language wise or in general it could be in general i think it, language learning encompasses so much more than just language learning mm. I, I tend not to give kind of general advice because i know everyone's personality type is different but i think this is kind of good around the board which would be um just plotting out your goals and, and your objectives uh kind of rigorously and having that kind of north star of where you want to go to um that is you know, a year down the road, two years down the road, even six months down the road. Um, just having that in your head, what you want that future self to look like, um, whether that be language learning related, or physical or anything like that health wise, what that, you know, you in five years looks like. And, you know, essentially you start with that, you know, what did that dream you five, five years down the road look like? And you work your, your, your way back um, as, as well and as detailed as you can. And, you know, uh, once you have the end goal in mind, it's easier to kind of work your way back and see like, okay, this is every, every single thing that I need to do in order to, in order to get there. Um, that's kind of always how, how I've worked. It might be more unique to me, but I've, it's, it's always proven, it's always done well by me. So I would say probably that. That's some good advice. I mean, I I am just a fan of yours. I, I'm here for you. Thank you. I'm here for you. Thank you so much, Akena. I appreciate all of the wisdom. And we're going to have many chats about this because I, you know, there aren't too many people out there that I can geek out about this kind of stuff That's with. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I feel that. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And special announcement, I'm running a 21-day language challenge at some point in March and to be the first one to hear about it sign up for my newsletter I'm linking it in the show notes uh, it's gonna be really fun it's basically me using the internet as an excuse to get better at Greek so I would love for you to be along the journey it's gonna be completely free and it's gonna be me documenting the painful process and being kind of like your cheerleader as well as my own cheerleader and then you guys will be my cheerleaders as well 
For more of Akana, click in the show notes. You'll see all of his links there, as well as my links. The show has an Instagram account with bonus content. And your girl has finally started editing videos again for YouTube. Do not forget to subscribe because I'm going to actually be posting the video versions of this podcast on my channel soon. Because, yeah, I've been filming the video too. I just haven't been editing it. But ever since I started dedicating a day for a theme, things have been looking up. Tune in next Wednesday. I'm going to sit down with one of my favorite poets who has been killing the game, making a living in one of the hardest careers on earth to make a living, writing, and specifically poetry. This podcast was produced and edited by me, yours truly. The theme song was made and performed by my lovely sister, Fernanda Franco. And I'm just excited to keep these episodes going because these conversations are amazing and I'm feeling a lot less average. Are you? DM me. Let me know. Thanks again for listening and y'all go out there and have an above average week. See you next time. Hey, yo, come listen to my girl, man. What you doing? Shit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.